0: How about gun safety as a form of national defense? In 1981, a mentally disturbed man, John Hinckley, walked into a pawn shop, bought a gun, and shot and almost killed President Reagan. That tragedy led to a national campaign for background checks before people could buy guns. Congress recently voted against a proposal to have a seven-day waiting period to buy a gun. Now, folks, I don't want to sound like a Quaker, okay? But, like, is a week a long time to wait to see if Hinckley is qualified to own a gun? <laughs> hey, I'm an American. I pay my taxes. I'm in an argument. I want a gun. I want it now. <laughs> well, we're sorry, sir, but you're gonna have to wait at least a week for the gun. A week? The guy will be gone in a week. <laughs> well, that's the point. <laughs> I mean, a seven-day waiting period to buy a gun and Congress is against it. Folks, it takes eight days to get a phone. (laughs) And that campaign is still going on today. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our 50th. Uh, That's right, our 50th show, folks. I'm so psyched to be here today. We got 50 shows under our belt. We really hope you've been appreciating them and listening to them and watching them and maybe sharing them with your friends and relatives and colleagues and people that you think would enjoy them. Uh, One of the great things about this show is that we get to talk to people who are doing positive things in the state of Massachusetts, around the country, and and sometimes around the world. And today we have a real hero uh, joining us today. I mean, this man, I can't say enough about his efforts on behalf of gun safety, not only in Massachusetts, but around the country. Many of you who live in Massachusetts might remember that big giant billboard that was on the mass Pike as right on the uh other side of Kenmore Square, right across from Fenway Park. as you would come into Boston or come out of Boston, you would see this billboard and it was the most remarkable public service announcement I've ever seen. It was about a hundred yards long, and it was an ongoing tally of how many kids in this country had been uh shot and killed by gun violence. And it was just a stark daily reminder of the epidemic of gun violence in the country. And this gentleman, John Rosenthal, is the founder of that. It was his brainstorm to put it up there. He owns the property, he put that up there. And I can't think of another uh, public act that had more to do with raising the consciousness in the state of Massachusetts anyway, about gun violence in this country in the effect on children, obviously on families, obviously on society. So please welcome to the show the co-founder of Stop Handgun Violence, the one and only Mr. John Rosenthal. Hello, John. Welcome back to the show.
1: Hi, Jimmy. Thanks for having me back.
0: Well, it's our pleasure. And again, our honor, John, I don't know how you keep going. When did you co-found Stop Handgun Violence?
1: 1994. That is over one million dead Americans ago from preventable gun violence.
0: 1994. Okay. And since then, you're saying we've lost a million to gun violence? Over a
1: million. It's basically forty to 45,000 people a year, including over 3,000 kids every single year. Right. Thanks for having me back, Jimmy. I started Stop Tang Gun Violence in 1994. Uh, That is roughly uh, over 1 million dead Americans ago from preventable gun violence in the United States.
0: And you're just a private citizen. What was your motivation to start this?
1: I bought this billboard next to Fenway Park and realized that roughly 250,000 people drove by this building every day on the Mass Pike. And I was a gun owner. Uh, I still am a gun owner. Um, And when I realized that uh, in 1994, 106 Americans died every single day, including 15 kids under 19, uh, I figured... uh, Most people didn't know that. Um, So I decided to build a 250 foot billboard and put 15 beautiful color photographs of kids killed by guns. And uh, with the headline, the cost of handguns keeps going up 15 kids killed every day.
0: And what was the reaction to it from the public in general?
1: The reaction was quite amazing. Um, You know, uh, it ended up uh, in the front section of the New York Times. Um, it got a lot of national attention. Um, and it, it began a, a dialogue uh, around how is it possible that you know, we could be losing 15 kids every single day uh, to, to gun violence. And, uh, and a lot of people who are elected officials would see this billboard. Bill Clinton told me he uh, would change his entourage route uh, when he came to Boston, uh, depending on who was with uh, he was with uh, in the cars, uh, in, in order to see this billboard. So we used that billboard as, uh, as a springboard uh, to uh, propose legislation that could have an impact on reducing injuries and death from gun violence without banning most guns.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you think that had an influence on the elected officials in
1: Massachusetts? Oh, it absolutely did. Um, and even more importantly, it had an impact on, on reducing gun violence. Uh, since 1994, uh, when we put up the billboard and changed the conversation, you know, as gun owners and business people who are basically who have influence, access, and resources, saying to the world, um, we can reduce injuries and deaths from firearms without banning all guns. And that was, uh, you know, a real contrast from the historically polarized debate of unlimited access to guns or banning all guns. And since 1994, uh, here in urban Massachusetts, based on four gun bills, three of which uh, were signed by Republican governors here in the Commonwealth, we have reduced the rate of gun deaths by 40%. And as an urban state, we have the very single lowest gun death rate in the nation. And if every state simply had the same low gun death rate as Massachusetts, as we've done without banning all guns, over half of all the 45,000 annual gun deaths a year would be prevented.
0: Well, what was the secret to it, John, that what made it work in Massachusetts that has not worked around the rest of the country and many other states?
1: All we did is we took a lesson uh, from how inherently dangerous products like automobiles are regulated. And in Massachusetts, we simply regulate easily concealed handguns and military-style weapons so we require accountability uh, and responsibility on the part of gun owners to get license um, and, and lock their guns if they're not you know, in their control. Gun dealers have to operate out of bona fide stores separate from their car trunks and backpacks. Gun manufacturers have to put safety features on their guns just like they do on automobiles. And law enforcement, you know, has to regulate. Uh, and enforce our gun laws like they do with automobiles. And that is as sort of like as simple as it gets. And Mm -hmm. like with, you know, you can't own a military style tank, you can't own a military style assault weapon designed to outgun cops like a tank would and designed uh, to carry you know, more rounds than law enforcement and designed to kill as many people as possible without having to reload. That is what we do here in Massachusetts. And that is what is needed uh, across this country. And frankly, there's only about 10 to 15 Republicans in Congress holding up what the will of the people in America want, which is they mm-hmm. do not want their children killed in schools they do not want to feel unsafe in public. They also do not want to ban all guns, but we at least have to have a background check for all uh, gun buyers, and we have to um, ban military-style weapons, and we have to have licensing like we have from automobiles—renewable licensing. So you know, law enforcement you know knows the people in their community. Um, they can license those people if they know that they have a history of being responsible. And they can prevent a license for for those in their community who they know have had a history of violence
0: mm-hmm. well John, how were you able to get three Republican governors to buy into that type of a formula, and why are we so unable to uh get that type of buy-in from other Republican governors around the country
1: well. You know, the the biggest reason I would say is because this effort here in Massachusetts was led by gun owners like me, as well as business people with Mm -hmm. influence, access and resources who don't typically get involved in a wedge issue because they're too concerned about their businesses. Um, We changed the conversation as well from the polar extremes to how are kids and criminals and dangerously mentally ill. Accessing, you know, deadly firearms without detection. And when you put it into sort of that context, um, you know, it was much easier to support. And again, always saying our goal is not to ban all guns, but it's to make it harder for people that we already deem prohibited from accessing guns. I mean, how do you know if somebody has a, a history of violence or is a prohibited buyer if you don't have a background? And why on earth would you give anybody who can breathe access to military style weapons and easily concealed handguns without a background check, without a license? Um, when we give 13 to 17 rounds to our police officers, you know, in their service weapons to keep us safe, but Congress is giving 35 to 100 round magazines um, to anyone who can breathe without a background check. In, my, in this country, and I have hunted, um, you need a hunting license everywhere. And when you hunt deer, you're limited. You have to get a license, number one. And you're limited to five rounds for shooting deer and three rounds for shooting duck, in order to protect the deer and duck population. When you want to hunt humans, no license required, no limit on the number of rounds. And when you want to outgun police officers buy a high capacity ammunition magazine and a high, you know, a high powered AR-15, the common denominator in the daily mass shooting. Without detection. I mean, mm-hmm. our federal gun policy, unlike in Massachusetts, we changed the conversation. We, we came up with very effective ways to reduce in- preventable injuries and deaths from firearms. And, you know, we had an honest conversation. And these three Republican governors saw the writing on the wall that they wanted their kids to be safe and their communities to be safe. But nationally, you know, you, you've got a, a gun lobby uh, who has uh, who has convinced Congress, threatened Congress, intimidated Congress um, to give immunity to the gun industry so they can't be sued. And have no background check requirement and no limit on the number of rounds and no limit on the po- firepower. I mean, we have gun violence by design.
0: So, John, if you were the leader of the national gun safety uh, movement, what would you suggest that we do to take action?
1: Simply replicate what we've proven to be effective here in Massachusetts by regulating inherently dangerous firearms like we regulate inherently dangerous cars. I mean, We have the lowest gun death rate in the nation, yet 70% of all gun crime that'll happen today and every day in Massachusetts happens with guns purchased out of state, states without background checks, like Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont.
0: No background checks in New Hampshire? Not
1: if you buy guns from private individuals in 32 states. There is no background check. So if you have some kind of prohibition or a felony conviction, simply drive from Massachusetts to Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, 32 states do not require background checks from private gun dealers. And the only reason you would go to a federally licensed gun dealer who has to run a background check is because you can pass one. But criminals know even Al-Qaeda and Hezbollah have come to the United States and gone to these 32 states and gone to the 5,000 gun shows that happen every year, and buy guns without a background check, and ship them back to their country.
0: Mm-hmm. Are the background checks effective?
1: Well, I mean, they're they're effective uh, yeah. in the states that have them, um, but not every state has them. Thirty-two states don't have them, um, and you know the system is is designed to fail if there's this bifurcated system. If you're a law-abiding citizen. And you can pass a background check, you go to a federally licensed gun dealer. If you're, you know, a criminal or prohibited for some reason or a domestic, you know, you've been convicted of a domestic, you know, domestic violence, or you're an international terrorist, simply go to one of one of the 32 states where a background check isn't required and buy it from a private gun dealer who can operate out of backpacks, car trunks, you know, mm-hmm. go to kitchen tables. The other thing about the federal background check system is um to become a federally licensed dealer you pay 250 bucks and and you file some paperwork now you can have an unlimited number of guns sent to your home and you can sell them legally out of your home out of your car trunk out of your backpack. backpack if you do a background check um, in massachusetts we require gun dealers to operate out of real stores just like other retailers um, and uh you know i mean we just put reasonable restrictions on a, a, a very dangerous, you know, inherently dangerous product that's easily concealed uh, and high powered. And we've proven that gun laws save lives without banning all guns. Every single state in, in America that has strong gun laws like background checks, a ban on military style weapons, a red flag law so that a you know, family member could have a gun temporarily removed if, if their loved ones in crisis and they know they have a firearm, every single state with reasonable gun laws, has lower gun death rates than every single state with last gun laws.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you: Do you think we need federal legislation that covers all fifty states with one set of rules, basically a basic sem- set of rules? Um, and do you think that would be effective in the ter- in terms of uh, national safety? And how do we get to that place? We got the election twenty twenty four coming up. This is going to be a hot issue. Personally, I can't see how the American public wants more guns in, in the in the population. How do you think we achieve something like that?
1: Well, first of all, I think um, that if we simply replicated the Massachusetts gun laws, that would be a, a amazing place to start. That would prevent the majority of gun deaths in America without any inconvenience whatsoever to law abiding gun owners. I mean. It's proven. It's not the yeah. gun violence prevention isn't theoretical. It's proven,
0: right? But but in order to do that, do you need like a Joe Biden administration to say we're gonna we're we're gonna uh, we're putting forth legislation. We're gonna replicate the Massachusetts model nationally. And who do you whose minds do you have to change in the Senate in the Congress? Is that where the is that where the real fights are in those congressional and Senate districts?
1: yeah I mean, I think the Senate is largely ready to pass something like that, uh, reasonable gun laws nationally. I mean, it's like automobiles. you know those are national laws, and you need national gun laws. Mm-hmm. Um, every other country has them. and by the way, right. you know, like in Australia and New Zealand, when they had a mass shooting with an AR15 and military-style weapons, they banned the guns and bought them back. Um, yeah. you know, every country has dangerously mentally ill people and felons, um, they don't have gun violence because right. they don't arm everybody who can breathe you know, with military-style weapons and easily concealed handguns. I mean, we have gun violence by design, by the uniquely unregulated gun industry. I mean, I'm in the real estate business. I can get sued if I don't shovel a walk. Smith & Wesson, whose AR-15 was used at Parkland, at the Aurora, Colorado movie theater, at the mass shooting in Las Vegas. I mean, Jimmy, you know, if 441 people were shot at a country music festival, 58 killed in minutes, and Congress didn't notice, how many more is it going to take? And I would say, that although we live in the safest state in the nation, we cannot sit on our laurels. It's not only and always going to happen to other people's kids and other people's loved ones. And when you can simply drive over the border to Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont, or we're connected to Florida, you know Mississippi, Alabama, where all these guns are coming from, um, it's just a matter of time. It's less likely to happen here. It's going to happen here. And if it wasn't four hundred and forty-one killed in the music festival, what is it gonna be? A thousand at Fenway Park? It's gonna happen because we don't care enough about our children and our loved ones. We don't make this issue a priority. And the gun lobby are single issue voters. So yes, you need a Joe Biden, yes, you need a democratically controlled Senate, and you need to remove no more than like five to ten. Fifteen maximum, spineless Republicans from the U.S. Senate and and House of Reps, and we will join the civilized world by by making it harder, not easier, for psychopaths and and criminals and dangerously mentally ill from accessing guns undetected. And these are guns designed for war, designed to outgun cops designed to kill as many people as possible. That is what we allow in this country because we don't care enough about getting involved in our politics.
0: Okay, I'm, I care enough and my listeners care enough and I know you care enough, John. What should the call to action
1: be moving forward? I mean, here in Massachusetts, we need to, to contribute and support Democrats in the swing state. Um, okay. And there's, you know, sadly, only really five of them, you know, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Wisconsin, Ohio, um, Michigan. I mean, yeah. And um, we need to support young Gen Z candidates. These Gen Z have never known a single day in their lives where they couldn't be shot in school, where they where they couldn't be, you know, worried about uh, climate. Um, where their freedoms are being taken away, where um you know, the the Republican party's whole platform is voter suppression um because they know there's more of us than there are of them. So, you know we we need to get more involved in politics, and we have to vote out uh, the spineless republicans who who are indebted, who are, you know, get their blood money campaign contributions um from you know, the unregulated gun industry. Um, and and look, I, I think we can turn this around, but every year that we don't, 45,000 more Americans die from gun violence. Every hour, every, you know, every 30 minutes a kid is killed in America. I'm sorry, is shot in America. Every three hours a kid is killed in America. Um, you know, this is, uh, you know, unfortunately, You know it's preventable, but it's uh, it's going to take a concerted effort, and people are going to have to become single issue voters on guns, just like the far right is.
0: Thank you, John. Uh, We have our marching orders: elect Democrats in the swing states, elect them into Congress, elect them into the Senate. That's that's the that's where the change is going to happen.
1: Frankly, kids aren't safe in school just like we're not safe in public places because a handful of Republicans. Are, are holding back the will of millions of Americans who want to regulate guns like we have proven to uh, regulate and save lives here in the Commonwealth.
0: Got it, John. Thank you so much. I know you've done a lot of work with the folks down in Parkland, David Hogue. Uh, I know you and he are very tight, uh, the leaders of March for Our Lives. I know you were very involved with them, and that must be an inspiring experience to work with all these young people who are taking this action, who are victims of this tragedy, and said, "You know, we, we got to do something."
1: And they have, uh, yeah. You know, and they came out. You know, that after Parkland, and I, I talk talked to David every day. We and I love being able to sort of have this multi generational uh, yeah. uh, work together. But also, uh, he's come to realize that gun violence. Prevention isn't theoretical, and Massachusetts is the model, and he's pushing that model all the time. Um, you know, I, I would say uh, that people said Gen Z wouldn't come out; they weren't even old enough to vote after Parkland. They registered about seventy-five thousand people and helped flip the House. They said they wouldn't come out in twenty twenty. They came out and won the White House only by forty-two thousand votes, even though Biden got seven point one million more than Trump. And guess what? They said they weren't going to come out in twenty two and they came out in record numbers and helped stop the the red wave bloodbath that everyone was predicting in the in the midterms. Um, They are 20% of the electorate now. They're going to be forty percent in in twenty twenty eight. They are the future. We just have to keep them alive long enough. And God forbid we don't because our democracy will be lost the future is being lost every day uh, as a result of gun violence. And uh, we've got to do better.
0: John Rosenthal, thank you so much for joining us today. You're a true American hero. We want to build a safer, more equitable, and saner society. And it starts with us taking action. You know,
1: people, if they want to help, should contact us at at, uh, StopPanGunViolence.org. We work very closely with March for Our Lives. We should be supporting these young folks. Uh, mm-hmm. We've really let down. Um, and and I would also suggest, you know, calling, you know, here in Massachusetts, where you are more likely to live here, you are more likely to not be shot here. You know, let more Healy, Governor Healy, know. Let Speaker Mariano know. Let the Senate President know um, that you appreciate their leadership um, mm-hmm. because. They have shown courage, unlike members of Congress. we
0: Will do, John. We got our marching orders. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you for having Great me Great to see you again, John.
1: Great to see you, Jimmy.
0: 50 episodes under our belt, and we're marching forward, ladies and gentlemen. Progress, peace, prosperity. Keep
1: smiling, buddy. I will. Thank you, John. Great job. Me. Thank you.